The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoopballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoopballs DFS today. This is your Saturday, February 27th edition. I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I am here with our Saturday superstar, Aaron Asmus. How are you doing today, Aaron? Well, um, we'll see. I'm. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird uh, place to be in. My the, the team I root for, the Kings, have lost nine in a row. They're currently losing to the Detroit Pistons, who probably have like one or two actual rotation <laughs> players. So I, I don't know if I should be rooting for my team to lose or win, um, but I'm just sick of Luke Walton. Uh, the, the guy is just horrible, especially for fantasy purposes too. Like, I mean, last night Marvin Bagley was killing it. He picks up two quick fouls, but then he just doesn't see the court the rest of the game. And I, I'm just over Luke Walton. I'm ready to dive into fantasy. <laughs> All right, man. I hear you. And yeah, we do these a little late on uh, or the night before, as you know. And there are we're just about tip off from the the late games, and every other game started early on Friday, so we're about closing time in the fourth quarter, crunch time over there, and in, in, in majority of those games. Um, but yeah, man, we have a seven game slate for you guys this evening, uh, this Saturday. And we don't have any early games. Usually we have one or two stragglers that go early. We don't have any of those at this one. We have, weirdly, we have um, first game starts at 7 and the last game starts at 8.30. Um, not sure how that one worked out, but we were very – we should have the majority of news, if not uh, all of it, by tip-off. Uh, there is one game that starts at 8.30 and the rest – are starting a little bit earlier uh, from 7 to 8. So I think we're going to be good there. And uh, the only thing that we need to know really in that last game is if um, Porzingis is going to play or not. And I, I assume we'll know that a little bit earlier in the day. But without further ado, let's jump up into this uh, seven-game slate, man. And, and the first game on the docket is the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Philadelphia 76. Sixers, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, for the spread. We don't have a total on the game yet, but we do have a whopping 10.5 point Sixer, uh, a favorite 10.5 point spread for the Sixers, who are the home favorites. Uh, pretty makes sense. And on the injury report, we do have uh, Torian Prince, Deladova, Drummond, Nance all out. Kevin Love is currently uh, questionable, but he hasn't played in a while, so we'll see about that. And <clears throat> for the the Sixers, we have a big one with Tobias Harris out for this game. That's that's the big news there for them. Um, but let's start with the Cavs, man. How are you feeling about the Cavs? Can you do you think they can keep this game competitive enough to where we can play anybody besides the whoever starts at that power forward position or the options that come in off the bench at that forward position? Yeah, I I don't think this is this is just not a great spot to look at. Um, Chidi Osman, he's kind of been a popular value play for the last couple of weeks with Torian Prince sidelined, and unfortunately, he's all the way up to fifty eight hundred. So he's priced for getting that thirty three to thirty five minute role now. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, Jared Allen, he's all the way up to 8,400. And I mean, the, the dude deserves it. He's been absolutely balling out since uh, they turned the center minutes over to him. But I, I just, you cannot ask for a worse matchup against Joel Embiid and just a really, really strong Sixers team. Uh, he's giving up a lot of size, a lot of weight to Embiid. Uh, so this would be this would be a good test to see if you know Allen can keep it going against Embiid. But for DFS purposes, I just don't think uh, you should really go there in any sort of optimal cash game build. Everyone else is kind of the same problem. Um, Kevin Love at sixty nine hundred. If he even if he came back for this game, that's just not. I can't imagine it'd be more than like twenty twenty two minutes. Like I assume they'll they'll have him on a hard minutes cap. Yeah, um, unless we get some more interesting news potentially, uh, I I think we can find better spots. Yeah, and for me, I'm I'm avoiding everybody except if Kevin Love doesn't play. I'll have a few GPP shares of uh, Dylan Windler, Dean Wade, uh, those two guys. Uh, maybe McGee, yeah. just because Allen probably gets in foul trouble. But just those two guys, because this game I don't think stays close at all, even without Tobias Harris. And if it does, it's just be if they can keep it close, it's not going to be because they're scoring a lot of points. <laughs> it's just going to be a, a low scoring game. So I'm not invested on really anybody on this Cavs side except for uh, Wade or Windler if one of them starts or if, if they're splitting 24 minutes off the um, bench in between the, uh, and the potential for a blowout. So those are the only two guys that I would have a little bit of interest in, but they're not guaranteed. Oh, I love that value under 4k. They're just, yeah. if I have to go there, it's all right. I mean, I, I don't think they'll kill you. I don't think they'll go off either, but I think they're decent plays if you have to go there. Um, but on the Philly side, we're missing one of their big three, and, and <laughs> Tobias Harris was uh, seen saying that he's pissed that he's not included in the in their big three. Uh, they only count Embiid and Simmons, but without him there, a lot of usage fun go around a starting grabs with somebody in this front core or uh, maybe even Thibault. But w- where would you be looking at uh, on this squad? Yeah, I think you go right. I think you go right to the big uh, the big guys, Embiid and Simmons, and. Um, the Cavs, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, people were kind of surprised. They were playing really great defense. Um, that's really fallen off. In their last 10 games, they ranked 29th in the NBA with a 122.9 defensive rating. And that's that would be on pace if that held up over the course of a full season for the worst defensive rating of all time. Uh, so that's not good. <laughs> And I, I do think Jared Allen, as much improved as he's been uh, getting big minutes with, with the Cavs, he's always been a guy, back to his Brooklyn days, that you want, you want to attack with big, strong, offensive, physical centers. Um, you know, when he gets matched up with like a Vucevic or Embiid tonight or Cat, he's just a guy who gives up a ton of production to centers. Uh, so I really like Embiid here. Um, Kind of going through the day. Hopefully, we get some talk about some solid value plays to fit him. But uh, he's and he's not overly expensive at ten point three k. I think this is a good spot to go right to Embiid. He has a big usage player missing in Tobias Harris. A lot more offense is going to have to funnel to him. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I think he's in strong consideration as a cash core play for me. 
Right. Uh, I'm for for me. I'm more invested in in Ben Simmons in this matchup. I think Embiid can go off as well, uh, but I don't want to pay ten three just for the off chance or not the off chance, but the possibility that this game gets way out of hand. I think yeah. Ben Simmons at eight seven. It's a little more feasible for me. Uh, you save you save a solid amount of money, and and I want to get exposure to one of these guys with Harris out, even with the blowout risk. Uh, so I, I'd rather. Save a little bit of money there and, and uh, take Simmons. I think he has a great matchup as well. This backcourt hasn't really shown much of a defensive tenacity as <laughs> to scare me off from him. Uh, yeah. Outside of him, I'm looking at who's going to take the starting spot for Tobias Harris, and I'm looking probably Mike Scott. Uh, maybe they can go small because if <clears> – <throat> There's no love. The Cavs are pretty much going small at, at power forward anyway, so maybe, maybe they throw in Thibault out, as I mentioned earlier. And I wouldn't mind him. At 3K, if he's going to start, I don't think he hurts you. Not huge upside, uh, but a little bit better upside in a matchup like this against a team that's, as you mentioned, is getting roasted on the defensive end. So I don't yep. mind paying basement basement bargain price for this at, at the bare minimum of 3K. Uh, maybe Fork Moss starts... I'm not sure, but I think I'll put Green at that power forward position to start. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll probably be looking at Thibault if he starts. I don't want Mike Scott if he starts, but again, if if you have only 3K and you love your own all your other matchups, all your other spots, I guess we can give him a look. But he's just not a, a point per minute guy. Um, I think it's for me, it's just Simmons and uh, leaving this game pretty much alone because it could just be a very bad spot for the Cavs. Yeah, um, I just Embiid is just he's kind of been just on another level for me this season. Um, and when usage guys like a Simmons or a Harrison missing, everything just funnels right to him. Um, and people do get scared off blowout potential games, but at the same time, it's if a team does if the Sixers do blow out the Cavs, it's more than likely going to be Embiid going off for three quarters. Um, so I try not to get too scared off blowouts when I can. Um, but yeah, let's move it. Let's move it forward. I think, I think those two guys are definite, definite, uh, consideration for your optimal lineups. All right, man. And yeah, the next game we have it is the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Washington Wizards. Uh, we do have a spread for this one and out of the spreads that we have out of the uh, four spreads, this is the highest total that we have. It's at, at 235, and the Wizards are four-point home favorites in this one. Uh, for the injury report, people of note, on the Wolves' side, we have Russell and Beasley out for this one. And on the Wizards' side, the two people that we already know that are out for a while, Anish Smith and then uh, Thomas Bryant out for the year. And we have Bertans as questionable. Um, <clears throat> so not really many people step up in that last one for for him. But let's start with the, the Wolves side, and uh, I guess I can dive into this one first. I think that the Wolves have a lot of cheap value here with no Beasley, no D'Lo. Yeah. Uh, fantastic matchup defensively. Huge base spot against the Wizards. We don't fully know what Chris is going to do with his rotations yet uh, we've we've just just had a glimpse of it he's still getting to know these guys so uh i don't i'm not reading into obviously besides towns edwards the power forward position before this game not reading into oh it's jared vanderbilt's to lose it's just 
this guy's still seeing who's who and getting to know his players. He, he's, it's not even been a week yet. Uh, but now in the shooting guard spot, we're going to gonna have another person out there or maybe even small forward. Maybe they bump Edwards to the two. Um, <clears throat> we'll have someone else starting on the wings. That's going to be interesting. And whoever gets that job instantly becomes a guy that I, I wouldn't mind looking at in, in DFS. I think a couple guys that it could be, Jarrett Culver, if he's not on a minutes limit, especially at the bare minimum price tag. Yes, I'll take that in this matchup. Uh, Beasley's the second has the second most usage on this team right now without uh, Russell in there um, since in the last couple games since Finch game. It's going to be Towns. It was Beasley. All his usage is going to be spread out. So uh, there's a lot to like there. Uh, Jordan, he's going to get extra minutes at 39. I like it. Maybe Josh Okogi starts again at, at the small forward position, 3,500. I mean, uh, Jalen Noel at 3,200. The two guys that I like the most are Culver and Noel at 32 and, and 3K. And that's just one of those two should should start, I believe, unless it's Okogi. Um, and if they don't start, I think they're going to get some decent. I like that there. Outside of the the bargain bin basement value type guys, um, I love Towns in this matchup at 10-1. The Wizards yeah. can't stop him, and he's just going to – Finch wants to funnel everything through Towns, and now that there is no Beasley, even more usage is going to be funneled through him. So I am on board, and I will have heavy shares of him. And Ant Edwards, uh, whether he goes shoots 25% of the from the field or 35% of the field uh, – He's going to get a lot of extra usage in this one in a in a tasty matchup. I can go there too. Uh, I just really like this Wolf side. This is a really good matchup for them, and they're missing two of their highest usage guys. Yeah, you said it. Uh, I think it's it's all systems go with this team. Um, I again, it's going to be. <clears throat> An internal battle between Towns and Embiid, and um, unfortunately, I don't think we have the value to play both of them. But you can't ask for a better spot for for Towns. Uh, seems like he's comfortably going to be sitting around thirty-one to thirty-six minutes. Um, I think ideally they'd like to keep him around thirty-three, thirty-four if they can. And I mean that's that's just amazing in this pace up spot against the Wizards defense who doesn't stop anybody. They play at the fastest <laughs> pace in the league. Um, like you said, without Beasley and without D Russ, the importance is going to be placed on Towns to run the offense and have everything run through him. So I think there's definite triple double upside, which definitely matters on DraftKings. Um, and then going down a little further, I, I love the Edwards call. I think they're just going to play him at minute he can handle at this point. Why, what do they have to lose? They're, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, he's their number one pick. There's, there's no one blocking him ahead of him. Uh, it, I would be surprised if he had under 20 shot attempts in this game, which for 6,300 mid-30s in minutes, he has shooting guard and small forward eligibility, so positionally he works really well on this slate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I more than likely will have Edwards on my cash team. I, I just, the, the only uh, hindrance is himself, really, because he, he can shoot, <laughs> you know, five for five for 20, 20 or something yeah, along yeah. those lines. But um, just the, the usage context just to kind of give it an impression with uh, Russell Beasley and if Colbert ends up not playing, but with those three off the floor, 
Edwards has a 33.5% usage rate and a 1.15 fantasy point per minute rate in 145 minutes this season. It's just awesome. Like, I, I think he's one of the first guys in your cash lineups. Uh, going down a little further, I think we we need to get clarity on, you know, Okogi, McLaughlin, um, Noel, all these guys. Just let's, let's just get a little clarity for me before we figure that out. And then Jared Vanderbilt, it's another, he played, played 34 minutes and was awesome in that Bulls game. Um, hopefully the new Minnesota coach realizes he's like an absolute perfect fit next to Towns at the four. And they keep trying to develop that pairing together. Um, I love it. I, I think there's tremendous blocks and steals upside at 4,100 up in pace. You know, if he's, if he's going to get 28 to 28 plus minutes moving forward, this, this price tag is just way too cheap. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's just a great spot. I don't think you can really go wrong with many of these Timberwolves. Yeah, and, and they start their they start at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is the first game tip-off. So we'll know who's going to be in that starting lineup. We'll know uh, if Culver has a minutes restriction. I know the last game they said 15, but he didn't see the floor. I'm assuming he's going to be seeing the floor this time. Maybe he's still on yeah. that 15 since he didn't play. Uh, but we'll have we'll have the information we need to go at the value that is just staring at us in, in a great matchup. Um, <clears throat> but on the other side of the ball, we got the Wizards going against the team that's just in, in the Wolves that are just bad. They, they, they're not winning. They lost one of their, their second most, their second best player now and third best player. Uh, and for me, it's the same old story with the Wizards. Even if Bertans doesn't play, we saw it last game that he, we don't know if he's going to take advantage of it. We don't know if Garrison Matthews, Jerome Robinson, whoever they put in there, they're not, to me, they're just not safe. They're more GPP if you want to go that route. But with that, besides Westbrook and Beal, everybody is um, just, you don't know what you're getting each night. Uh, like yeah. Wagner had a great game last game. Great game. But the every time he has a or two games ago, he has a great game. And then he only takes four shots the next one. Happened a couple of times ago when he uh, started started, and then the next everybody. We don't know what you're getting from each of these guys when when Westbrook and Beal are on the floor. Uh, Neto had a, had a great game last night or last game, 34 fantasy points. He played a bunch of minutes, but he's just very inconsistent too. Uh, I'll back with my last those guys that I like, and then I'll run it back with Westbrook or Beal and, and call it a day. Uh, if you want, eat, both of them are in great matchups. If you want the $700 price saving, take Beal. If you have the money, I'll take Westbrook, who's a triple to double threat uh, most of the time, and especially in this matchup. I think you can't go wrong with either of them. Um, and this is, if you're playing a lot of Wolves and you, you expect it to be semi close, uh, you just take a chance on one of these two guys. Or not take a chance put put one of these guys in that area. yeah um yeah i think you said it perfectly um it'll again it'll depend on how builds kind of shake out but i think westbrook or beal are both definitely cash viable if you want to use one of them as a build round against a hapless minnesota defense uh the wizards have actually been playing pretty pretty good basketball of late Westbrook has kind of found his game over the last couple of weeks, which is pretty cool to see. 
And the other guy, I think for tournaments, Rui, Rui Hachimura, uh, dude is just never leaving the floor. 38, 36, 37, 37. He had one 29-minute uh, 29 game, but 37, 22, 33, 32, 36. Like, this, he's, you can pretty much depend on him for mid-30s in minutes at this point. Um, so I don't know if he's going to quite make cash consideration just because there's just such a limited ceiling when you're sharing the floor with Westbrook and Beal. But I think that's a pretty awesome tournament play, especially in some game stack scenarios. If you're playing, you know, an Edwards cat on one side and then run it back with like a, a Russ Rui type type of build, something along those lines. Um, yeah, I, I think Rui's a, a gold star, gold star tournament play. Right, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> he was one guy I was going to mention, but I'm not just huge on that five eight. I think uh, pretty got or pretty solid tournament play, but in cash he wouldn't be somewhere I would go to. So right. I like that call. Um, but yeah, we have we're already we're going to go to our third game, and these these next four games uh, they all start at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then the last one at eight thirty. Uh, but this next one we have on the docket is. Indiana Pacers at the New York Knicks, uh, and we have the Pacers. Uh, This total is 216.5, and and the Knicks are one-point home road or home um, dogs in this one. Uh, I forgot to mention the Wolves and the Wizards in the previous game. They're both on the front end of the back-to-back. In this game, we have the Pacers on the back end of a back-to-back, so we do not have an injury report on them. And the Knicks are on the front end of a back-to-back. The big news on the injury front for the Knicks is that Alfred Payton is doubtful again. Um, And we don't, like I said, we don't have anything for the Pacers at the moment. But let's jump into the, the, the Pacers side of the ball. And going against this Knicks squad uh, that gave up a lot of points to the Kings, but that's because they... You make it relive it, but they gave up. Uh, they scored a lot in that last one. But who who would you look at on this this Pacer side of the ball? It's a, it's these price tags are really rough. I mean, Sabonis at ten point six was like when I first t- took a peek at the slate. It's like holy cow, he's he's at Jokic, Luka territory, and um. Can't say I fault DK for pricing him up this way. Dude has been incredible the last couple weeks. But I just don't think he has that sort of ceiling that a Jokic or a Luka have on a consistent basis, you know, especially against this Knicks team, which plays pr- pretty great defense. They they want to slow the pace down to a crawl. Um, there's going to be less, a lot less possessions in this game. Indiana itself is kind of a, a slower... They want to grind it out, you know, get the ball to Sabonis, let him work. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think you can go to Sabonis in the spot at 10.6. The price tag is just ridiculous. Um, everyone else, it's like they're kind of all priced correctly. I, I'm just not not all, not all too interested in a spot against the Knicks. That's going to be one of the lower total lower total spots on the day. Yeah, and I, I was looking at the same thing. And, uh, and a lot of the prices... Um, on the slate, a lot of the them, I'm like, okay, I I like these guys, but I don't want to pay that price tag. And yeah. Sabonis is one of them. Uh, he's he's priced higher than two centers that we just mentioned, and Embiid and, and Towns. And and like you said, he's he's up there. He's the third highest guy, um, no fourth highest guy on the slate, and that's a 
that's a lot. That's a that's a big price tag, especially in this type of matchup. Um, yeah. And I'm not huge on. I don't like playing the Knicks as I as I continue to say a lot when I'm on here as they're the slowest pace in the league and they're a top five defense. It's just not something that I like to do a lot. But if I am going to go here, there's there are two guys that I would be looking at, um, and one of them is Miles Turner at six K. I think that's a solid price tag. Uh, he he'll bring Nerlens Noel out, outside the paint. He'll bring Taj Gibson, who they're playing a lot more now, outside the paint. I don't think either of those guys pose a particularly particularly. Oh, I can't say that word right now. Um, <laughs> a threatening defensive matchup. And at 6K, I don't mind going there. I don't think he's a cash guy, but if you're, uh, he's more of a GPP pivot. If you're, because there are all there are many centers on this slate, as we're alluding to, uh, that you can go to and pay up for. But if you're not, if you're going to go the opposite way and pay up for the guards and stuff, I think he's a very good um, option there. And I don't mind going to TJ McConnell. Uh, the last game without Peyton, we saw both Kings. I, I know it was. Just a weird game that a massive amount of points were scored in that game. But we saw both point guards on the Kings uh, do really well. And I think McConnell at 5-6 is not a terrible price tag. He's more of a GPP pivot. Again, uh, Not no one on this team to me in this matchup is uh, cash safe. But I think he makes for a decent GPP pivot if Peyton misses again. Uh, we've seen Rose get a little bit a step slower. Uh, quickly is all right, but he's not. A threatening either on the defensive end, uh, but that's right. that's pretty much it for me as well. I'm not really going to go uh, heavy on this this side of the ball. Um, but how about the Knicks side, man? Are you is there anybody that you're looking at? We know Peyton's doubtful again, uh, and we saw quickly and Rose quickly rosing uh, with their price tags. So, and <laughs> you like what I did there? Yeah, uh, I do. And, I did. Uh, <laughs> and Alec Burke stayed. Similar, and, he, and he, he had a really good game as well. But is there anybody in this matchup that you'll attack seeing the Pacers on the side of a back-to-back? Yeah, I think the Derrick Rose price tag is still reasonable at 5.3K. Um, he ended up, he still played 28 minutes in that game against the Kings and was awesome. I mean, it's obviously going to be a much, much different guard matchup. Uh, the Pacers have been phenomenal this year at... Uh, controlling lead ball handlers and getting the ball out of their hands and forcing uh, less adept wings at uh, creation and playmaking. Um, so I, I think the shooting guard availability really does save the rows the, um, rows in the spot at 5.3K. I think that's a decent, decent value. Um, quickly, though, at, he's point guard only. He's all the way up to 4.8K. I'm still not sure why he only played 20 minutes uh, in that game against the Kings. He was abs- He was he was torching. He was torching the Kings. The um, shot 12 free throw attempts. So there is a little volatility there that it's probably not a repeatable performance very often. Uh, it's just a little rough. 4.8k uh, for him. Alec Burks again. It's kind of the same thing. He got super hot shooting the ball. Is he going to be able to repeat that against a much better playoff defense? I'm not so sure. Um, so for me, it's, I think it's probably just rows of, of those three. I'm, I'm still fine paying 5.3K. Yeah, and I don't know if I want too many guys here. I don't mind rows either yeah. at 5.3. Um, I probably won't go quickly with that $700 price tag. It's not the Kings in this matchup. Burks, I don't mind at 4.6. Uh, and 
I think they didn't play quickly so much because he uh, did went to when it turned weird. It, it, he went to Frank the Tank a little bit there, and he had praise for this guy. Uh, the following the game, he he liked his de- defensive uh, tenacity there, and he liked what he brought to the table. And he said he's going to try and find more minutes for him. So them being on the front end of a back to back, the only thing though with Rose, I know he played already in the back to back. Maybe that they he tries to limit him a little bit, maybe not overexpose him more than 27 minutes or so, so he can have him fresh for both games. And he brings in Frank to tank a little bit more uh, because first he just does not play quickly a lot. Of, he quickly re- takes him off the court uh, even when he's hot. So I don't, I don't fully, I can't fully trust him there. Um, but yeah, I think Rose and, and Burks would be the two guys that go here, but it's just not, not super confident in it. I wouldn't say they're, they're cash guys. They're more of uh, pivots and GPP for a, Matchup that probably has lower ownership overall on on the slate. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I think we have a couple other spots we can attack. You know, this we've talked about this a lot this season that our our goal needs to be finding not forcing bad spots when we can avoid it. And this this is just not it's not going to be a fast paced game. It's going to be a lo- lower total game. These are two really good defenses. It's like let's 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 look at other spots first before we come to these type of game environments. Yeah, we have a couple games that just we mentioned one that just looks like it's going to run up and down the court, and there's two later on that look similar to that as well. Um, let's jump to the second game that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this is the Denver Nuggets at the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we have the Thunder on the back end of a back-to-back on this one so we saw Al Horford sit on Friday it just makes sense that he's going to be back in for this one uh they don't have an injury report out but Diallo and George Hill should sit in this one and on the Nuggets side we have Michael Green, Harris, Millsap all out and PJ Dozier upgraded to questionable he missed uh, quite a few games on this uh lately oh i forgot to throw out the spread there we do have a total it is 225 and a half and the nuggets are seven point road favorites uh, and I'll, I'll jump into the side of the ball on this one looking at the kick and i see 10-9 i think it's a pretty solid matchup for him uh but i don't i'm not gonna go there too too often i think there are so many other there's so many pay up spots for these big men that i don't know how much exposure i'll have Looking at OKC, uh, not that it's a blowout scenario because the Thunder play everybody very hard, and they're also a slower team. You don't, they don't have, get into too many shootouts, so it's not something that um, thrilled on on for Yogi uh, and getting a hundred percent plus possessions or so. Uh, he's still Yogi, and he can still beat beat that price tag. But I feel a little safer going Towns, just knowing that they're going to be running, 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 and. There's not many people on Towns' team that can score the basketball at will. Right. Um, but on this, and on this side of the ball, I'm looking at a couple people. Uh, if doesn't play again, uh, I, th- I think we can go back to Campazzo. I know he didn't do much last game. Uh, he's, he's been in a shooting slump over his last two uh, for eight and one for five last two games uh, both made he made a three in both those games i think if he makes a couple of his shots he's going to bring back value here and he played 32 minutes in that last one uh and he closed out the game those are two 
two big things there in 300. So I, I feel very comfortable there. He does play again. Dozier does play, and he's not on any sort of minutes limit. He should see about 17 minutes or so. And this guy is a point per minute monster. So I, I think he easily brings back five times value if he plays uh, 18 plus minutes there. Um, not someone that, again, not someone that I'm going to go, oh, I have to have in my lineup. But if I'm at 3K and I need to, and, and I'm just forcing in higher guys, I don't hate that he's in my lineup. Um, for the other guys on this this team, I think Michael Porter Jr., man, the, I don't know what, what he's doing in that last game. It just made no sense to me that he had a awesome opportunity to tie the game and he just ran to the corner. Uh, I, I, I want to play him at 6-5. I think this is a good matchup for him. But I don't. I don't know where his head's at. I don't know if Mike Malone's pull him super quickly if he makes another mental mistake that costs them. Uh, so there's there's that. I think Murray's in a really good spot too. But I don't know if I want to pay that price tag with some of these other guys on this this slate. So I don't know how much exposure I'll have to this team. I think I'll take shots at Porter, GPPs, not cash, and I like uh, Composo uh, if Dozier doesn't play and, and vice versa. Yeah, I think that was a really good rundown. Um, just this team with their injuries are so incredibly thin. Like where where all their usage funnels, it's all Jokic, it's all Murray, Michael Porter, Barton, and Morris. Um, and then Compazzo is kind of the, the the sixth man off the bench. And outside of that, it's just like they there's nobody. <laughs> like they get a little bit of Hartenstein, a uh, little bit of uh, Zeke Naji, who started a couple couple games but not hasn't really done anything um so i think you really focus in on that top six uh this is assuming green Millsap, harris dozier end up missing this game again um i think you called it with Jokic. maybe if towns and Embiid weren't on this slate we could we could go here again but it's a little you're you're paying what another six seven hundred dollars for Jokic. Um, OKC is getting Al Horford back, who's a really good defender. These are these teams are both playing at the and they're in the bottom third of the league in pace over the last ten days ten games. I think I think you're better suited off going one of those guys, Towns or Embiid, for uh, optimal cash lineups. And everyone else, they're kind of they're just a little little expensive. Um, I'm a big Monte Morris fan. I think he's an excellent player, but he's a guy who kind of has to grind for his value. 5K is still not too bad. He does fit in a shooting guard slot, and Barton just hasn't been the same player this year. You know, their beat writers have talked about it a lot, where they're waiting for Barton to be the Barton of old, and he kind of just hasn't gotten there yet. Um, so, unfortunately, I think he's someone I'm not necessarily looking to play at this point, even if it's, you know, with really good usage context in this game. He's just not, he hasn't been the same guy. Uh, he hasn't been the same, uh, you know, wing creator and uh, really, really good scorer slash shooter uh, on the wing. And then Murray at 8,800. Man, it's just, it's just expensive. I get it. He's been playing super well with all these injuries, but I don't know. I, I'm not looking to buy at the, at the top with Murray. I think we can, I think we can spend our money a little better than going to Murray. Yeah, that's kind of where I am 
at the same thing there. Um, then on the the other side of the ball, we have the Thunder. We mentioned that we should have uh, Al Horford back for this one. He rested on Friday, so it just makes sense that he's back for this one. On the back end, back to back. This is the first time I believe that they rested him on the front end of a back to back on the year. So it's interesting, interesting thing there. But um, I'm not. Th- uh, for for their side of the ball, uh, I'm I'm interested in Baisley and and Dort specifically at five four and five two. Uh, we we know that por- that their front court is beat up. That Dean and Millsap are ruled have been are on the injured part is out on this one. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is not the best defender, and that's putting it very very lightly. So like. I think Nick Baisley can take big time advantage there, uh, and Dort. When he's, or, um, I, I think Dort has a good, solid matchup there too. Uh, Barton's looked a little different on his uh, since he's come back, as you mentioned, um, and he can easily slide up to the two as well. And it just seems like one of those games where he's going to get quite a few open looks at the three. Um, he's very inconsistent, so I wouldn't call him a cash game guy. He's more of a GPP dart throw. And we have a few of these guys around the, his price tag. Uh, so he's not not the safest option, but he's he's one of the options. Probably not going to have uh, ownership even higher than 15%. So that's where I like him there. And I just think Baisley has a very good matchup. Um, Outside of those two guys, I'm not too interested in the rest of the lineup at everybody's particular price tag. I think at a, at a has a really good matchup, but at 91, I think uh, same thing with Murray. I think there's other higher-priced options on here that we can attack in, in better game environments. Yeah, I mean, Horford at 6,400 I think is – Pretty reasonable for his role, but there's always I'm never a fan of, of picking on Jokic or playing Jokic, uh, the Jokic defender who's so good at drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line. Um, the the mid five K guys, I think you called that pretty well. I just I don't know which one to really go though. They're they're they all kind of seem like the same play to me. Um, they're but they're reasonable value though. So if it one fits your lineup. I'm perfectly okay with that. And the rest of anyone cheaper than those five K guys, I, I just think are out of play with Horford. With Horford likely back for this game. Yeah, and it's um, there's not much to say on on that side of the ball at the moment. <clears throat> outside of what we said, but we can jump on over to this the next game over here, uh, the Utah Jazz at the Orlando Magic. And if that doesn't, I know you said you're not a a fan of going off or uh, of blowouts, but that just reeks a massive blowout to me. Uh, but yeah. the, we have a total of two <laughs> two seventeen out of the four second lowest one or third highest one, whichever way you want to float that one but the jazz are 11 point road favorites meaning if they were at home this is looking like a 17 point spread uh yeah, yeah. which <laughs> which is massive and on the injury report uh oh i forgot to mention that um the the jazz are on the back end of a back-to-back so we don't have anybody on the injury report yet for them and on the magic we have all the same usual suspects uh, that are out here and then uh, we had Gordon Cole 
Aaron Gordon, Cole Anthony, and James Ennis now added to the injury report for them, and they are out for this one. Um, uh, so we'll start with the Jazz. Can you play anybody on the Jazz? I, I'm looking at Mitchell's 85 price tag or $100 price tag. I like it. Uh, Clark's in 58, uh, some of these people. But are you with the – this is th- this is probably the most obvious blowout potential candidate. Uh, can right. you play these guys in this matchup? Can you spend up for a, a Mitchell or a Gobert in this? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> this team, it's – they're, the Jazz obviously have just been incredible all season, and they kind of suffer from the Suns syndrome, unfortunately, where they have their top seven, eight guys are so freaking good, and they play so well together that they kind of they Mitchell's obviously their their lead ball handler, but they all kind of eat eat into each other's production um, when when they're all healthy on the floor, and Jazz games. In general, I'm I'm looking for games that can be really competitive, where I know I'm going to get full run out of these guys because I think you need it if you're going to play any of them. And there isn't really a great value uh, with with any of their lead rotation guys. Um, I mean, Gobert at seven point four is I think he's just kind of always eternally a tournament play because he just never seems to move from that mid 7k tag and he's a guy where he's you know 15 20 and 6 box and steal type upside it doesn't really matter the matchup um so i think you can go there in tournaments pretty comfortably mitchell 8.5 no i i think i'd rather go shea i think i'd rather go murray in kind of this mid mid to upper 8 8k range um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this game is kind of just an avoid for me. There's the, the two, the two next ones we're going to talk about, I think have quite a few, quite a few more options. options to play. Yeah. And, and I do like Mitchell. I think it's a great matchup for him, but I don't know if I, uh, he would be more of a GPP guy to me in cash. I can't trust him to play 30 minutes. This, this is just as great of a matchup. It is. It's, too easy for the entire team to, for them not to run up the score. And as we're talking right now, the Jazz are just just lost the front end of a back to back to the to the Heat. They lost by eight points, so this is one of their first losses in quite a while. They 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 barely lose these days, so I don't expect them to come out um, off, and I expect them to start run up the scoreboard on the the Jazz or the Magic fairly quickly. Um, if you're going to go here, I would take GGB chances in the, the backcourt with Clarkson, Mitchell, uh, and or, or Bogdanovich at 5, 5-8, five, and 8-5. But, yeah, it's, it's very hard to play any of these guys in cash uh, with any confidence that this game's going to – that any of them will play in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but flipping on over to the Magic side, same vein, can you – play any of these guys i know with without ennis uh or we're gonna have another starter as well it's just they're, they're running out of healthy bodies to to, to play here and, and we do have a lot of value uh but can you go there no i don't i don't think so like why <laughs> you know it's it's a seven game slate uh we have plenty of really great uh 
game environments, you know, the, the Minnesota-Washington game has a lot of guys priced around this range where I'd much rather go to that game environment than this one. Um, like you said, I think this is the most likely blowout, blowout game of the night. I think you can take stabs here if you want to in tournaments because it's all going to be low owned, I guess. But uh, in general, I don't I don't like playing a play just because he's going to be low owned. I I want more factors than that. So no, I don't think so. It's we can, we can do better. It's it's a good enough slate. We can do better than going to this game. Yeah, and I think we can do better as well. And if you are going to take low-owned shots in GVPs, I guess uh, Okeke, Bacon, Mew, Randall, all of these guys we can take a shot at, but uh, we will have better value. And one of the in that Minnesota team, and even in this next game with, with the Spurs, just possibly down to nine healthy bodies. So uh, not many shots there if I, if I – do take any shots um yep but yeah let's jump on to this the sixth game and this is the last game at 8 p.m eastern standard time we have the new orleans pelicans at the san antonio spurs uh, and we don't have anybody out for the um on the pelican side that matters and on the spurs we have a ton of people we have rudy gay kellen johnson Derek white devin vassal uh quandry witherspoon all out DeMar DeRozan questionable, LaMarcus Aldridge questionable. Um, most of the team, they might only have nine healthy bodies, but we will see. Let's start with the the Pelicans. I'll start with them. Um, I mean, everybody's kind of in play. If, if you think this game stays healthy, this is just a super fast game environment. Uh, the, yeah. the Pelicans have been push, pushing the ball immensely lately and they're not playing any defense they have i believe a top five offensive rating since in the month of february and a bottom the worst defensive rating in the league or uh bottom bottom three defensive rating in the league so they're going to run the ball if they if the spurs are scrappy even without all of their mate or all these like integral guys if they can keep it competitive I mean, Zion's in play at 8-9. Of the other guys that we mentioned, I, I feel super, super confident with him um, going there instead. Brandon uh, Ingram, if you want it a little bit cheaper, 8-3. Lonzo Ball might have the hardest matchup against Murray, uh, or or Steven Adams does because Pirtle's awesome at, uh, on the defensive end. Uh, but Lonzo Ball at 6-7, don't hate going there. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, if you just want cheaper exposure, same with Josh Hart, cheaper exposure at 5-1 and 5K. Um, don't mind going there. I, I think there's a lot to like in this game that I go to in, in both GPPs and cash. Uh, just a matter of who fits in my lineup at their price and position. Yeah. Um, but all those guys are, are in play for me. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think a good that's a great point with Zion. Um, his profile this year is, was has been a lot like Sabonis, where... His ceiling isn't amazing where you're not going to get a whole lot of like 60, 65 point games out of him, but you're not going to get a whole lot below 40 either, which is a really good profile for a cash game play. And we are, unfortunately, I think this is the most expensive he's been this season at 8.9K. Um, but I, I think it's still a pretty good spot for him. Just Pirtle is a really great rim protector, but he's not a guy who can stick with Zion if they do some small ball with Zion at the four. And 
uh, the power at the the power four defenders for the Spurs are, you know, it's Trey Lyles, uh, Luka Samanich. Um, I don't even know, even smaller ball guys than that. Like none of those guys mm-hmm. can, can stick with Zion in, in the post. So I think, I think he's a great, great option for a cash game play. Um, the rest of the guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you can do it. Lonzo up to 6.7. They're all kind of just a little priced up for me though, unfortunately, but I think it's, it's been great to see Lonzo getting back to the, the mid thirties minutes and, uh, I feel like around this time last year, he was really starting to find a groove and be, you know, be the lead ball handler, getting mid thirties minutes and really producing. And he's he's done that, uh, you know, the last ten games or so. Um, so I think I think you can go there um, if you if you're looking for exposure to this game. Stephen Adams, I guess. Uh, I'm just, I'm not a big Stephen Adams guy at this point. He's kind of. You're just kind of hoping he gets to the double double with, you know, if he can grab ten and fifteen with a block or two, you know, I, I guess he hits value at five point three, but not really looking to go here. Everyone else, eh? Uh, I think I'm going to stick with Zion and Lonzo from the Pelicans. All right, man. And um, on the other side of the ball, it's it's a different thing. If DeRozan doesn't play, they don't have a small forward on this team uh, besides Lonnie Walker is the, the one natural-ish small forward or wing player right. on the team. Uh, Keita Bates-Diop is probably the second closest thing to a small forward. I know they started Samanik at small forward in the last game, He's and he's listed at small forward. He's not a small forward. He's a 4-5. Um, so if they start him at small forward again, it's just out of position. You can take advantage of that. Uh, but if DeRozan doesn't play, Aldridge doesn't play, I mean – we don't have to go to Murray at, at almost 8K. That's that's too priced up for me, uh, even though he's put up 50 points in the game before they, they stopped playing, and then the game, the last game, uh, it's still a, a pretty high price tag, but I don't I don't hate it. I, I probably won't go there in cash, but I, I don't hate it as well. <clears throat> but outside of that, I mean, Eddie Mills, Lonnie Walker, uh, all under 5K, Trey Lyles, Diop, Three eight three five. Uh, these guys, Trey Jones is going to have to see more if if DeRozan and Aldridge don't play. I mean, there's a lot of chances, uh, stabs that you can take here in both cash and GPP for lower owned guys that have to play. They just have to play, especially in a, in a very good matchup against a team that's running the ball and not playing any defense. So I really like the value on this uh, team in particular, just like the the Wolves. Uh, that if you don't want to sp- spend up exposure to the team and uh, just go with where the minutes are going to go. Maybe they're, they're not the greatest of players. Like uh, Lonnie Walker is very volatile, but him see have having to see 33 minutes a game, he's going to walk. I, he only scored 12 points in the last one, but he took 16 shots. Can't find them. But like people like he, He's going to walk into value at, at 4-3. Uh, so I don't mind taking yeah. stabs at this. Hopefully we get the starting lineup and we get the Aldridge and DeRozan news before the game starts because that's just a ton of extra usage. If they both play uh, or or DeRozan plays, I'm not really worried about Aldridge. He, I don't know if he's going to even play a lot of minutes because one game back, he's already questionable for the next one. So not a great sign. But DeRozan, 
If he comes back, that changes a lot of the dynamics. But I still like uh, Lonnie Walker. I think Trey Lyle still makes some sense there. Um, but that changes things for me. But if, he, if they don't play, I mean, it's it's value here. Value, value, value. Yeah. Um, I think Lonnie Walker and Patty Mills are probably two of the better value plays on the slate, um, regardless of the news. Because even if Aldridge and uh, you're you're still missing Keldon, you're missing Derek White, you're missing Rudy Gay, you're missing Devin Vassell. That's four of their major rotation guys uh, who play who play minutes for them. So there's still a lot. There's still a ton of usage uh, missing from this team. And then if you just get one or maybe even both of those guys out, you know I, I think Patty Mills and Lonnie Walker are both going to have to play a really big role in this game uh, and probably play 25 you know minimum 25 to 28 minutes uh so i'm keying in on both of those as kind of uh cash value cores and i think you know that just derozan if he comes back i think uh, is a phenomenal play i i he's just been underpriced the whole year for the way he's played and the role he has with this team uh his workload is just so incredibly secure and he, he's not priced like it um, even at 8k and then Murray if DeRozan is in it's probably a little iffy I think you can go there but man uh, I I think I would want DeRozan out if I were going to go to Murray yeah yeah. if DeRozan plays he's he can play the three or the four uh, two spots they're they're looking for. They'll probably play the three just because they have Eubanks, Lyles, Samanick, people who play the four. They really Diop is probably like I said before, they don't have anybody to play the three if he's if he's out. Uh so it's very, very weird in that situation. Um but yeah, let's jump on to this last game we do have for this one and this one starts at eight thirty PM Eastern Standard Time. It is the Dallas Mavericks at the Brooklyn Nets. I expect the Nets to be about five, six-point favorites, uh, <clears throat> give or take one or two on that. And on the injury report, we have Durant is not going to play until the All-Star, after the All-Star break. Uh, and we have Jeff Green as questionable. And then the Mavs, the big news of note is Kristaps Porzingis is questionable again for this one. Uh, he missed the last couple. We'll see what happens there. That's going to change the front court dynamic here. But um, – on the Dallas side, man, well, where are you looking here if Porzingis plays, if Porzingis doesn't play? We know the matchup with the Nets is kind of enticing, uh, although they've been playing better on both sides of the ball. Uh, well, I should say they've been playing awesome on offense regardless, but they've been playing better on the defensive side of the ball lately. Yeah, I mean, I think the offense is going to be incredible this game. Um, the Mavericks have really figured it out after that little scuffle they had earlier in the year where you know, they're ranked sixth in offensive rating while the Nets are ranked third in offensive rating in their last. I think we're going to get, we're going to get a really great um, offensive game here. This where both teams are probably going to struggle to stop each other. Um, the big thing again, is like, how do we, how do we afford all these guys? Just this, the studs on the slate are, just too freaking good unfortunately and there's just not a ton of value right now that we can 
where we can feel confident locking in multiple of them. Um, against Luca, yeah, I mean, you, you want to target Luca in up-tempo games. This should be a really up-tempo game. You want to target him in, in spots well without gr- great interior rim protection. And DeAndre Jordan, he has the name value, but he's just not a good he's not a good defender anymore in the slightest. Um, and the Nets don't have any key perimeter defenders either, where any anyone you would feel confident in matching up with Luca. So if you went here, yeah, I, I mean I totally get it. It's going to be the highest total of the game uh, on the slate by probably a pretty significant margin once everything comes out. And it should be pretty well contested, like you said. I'd be surprised if it's, you know, anything greater than five or six points either way. Um, even if we don't get the Kristaps news until later on. But, yeah, I mean, if you want to go Luca, I, I think you should. I, I, I have no problems with that. I think Jalen Brunson has been playing really well without Chris Caps on the floor, but that's maybe a little risky because I, I think his role his role does significantly fall off if Chris Caps is healthy. Um, the rest of the guy, the centers, man, it, it's just I don't think you can go to any of them. They're just it's just roulette. It's not a great matchup for Paul Bond, so I think we'd probably see more Willie Colley Stein and Dwight Powell in this game. Uh, Maxi Kleba has been a really popular value play. Over the last couple couple games with Kristaps um, out, but you would need to confirm that before you played him. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been decent off the bench, but he's all the way up to forty nine hundred. So you're kind of paying you're paying pretty close to full price tag for him. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you can go to these ancillary guys. You would just have to confirm Kristaps was out and I'm perfectly fine if you want to play Luca as your spend in cash games. Yeah, and it, it, as I mentioned before, if there's so many big big center options on this slate, uh and Miles Turner was the guy like if you decide you want to go heavy guard on this this particular game or other games and you wanted to go cheaper center, that's where I'd go. Yeah, Luca's definitely in play in this one if you wanted to go that option. Um <clears throat> It's it's the Nets and and they're going to be in a shootout here. If Porzingis doesn't play, he gets a usage bump, and so does everybody else a little bit. As obviously, if Porzingis does play, he's still in play here. Uh, but Porzingis would knock out the people that are taking stabs at Kleba, Johnson, Cauley Stein, Powell, uh, Boban, whoever decides, whoever Carlisle decides he wants to start in this one. Uh, I don't mind taking shots at the starting center and. Um, if you have to go there uh, I'm not too interested in doing that because there are just so much rock steady uh, guys at center in this slate that we know are going to produce Uh, so I don't want to take too many shots with these guys that are they're all volatile but we don't know who's even going to start on a game to game basis at the moment with Porzingis out Um, but I don't I also if Porzingis misses, I think for me the, the guy people I would look at are that mid tier guys like uh, Finney Smith in this matchup looks pretty solid to me. I know you mentioned Hardaway. I think he gets a, quite a few open shots. On this I don't mind looking at those guys. Um, Brunson's been pretty well. I just don't know if I want to go there. I think there are some other guards around that five k or a little higher than five k that I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with. Um, 
for the most part, it's it's Luca is the guy that you're looking here. If you want to get cheaper explosive, because this is going to be a high scoring game, I would make sense to get it. Especially if if Porzingis is going to miss, it it gives me a lot more uh, confidence and, and comfortableness to go that way. If Porzingis is not in there, Porzingis plays. I'm not going at, to him at all at eight one. Um, yeah, but I mean, I what about on this? I just this wanted net- to add real quick on Kristaps. Um, I think if you kind of, if you key your lineups to towards this late game and Kristaps is in. Um, I think that could be a really phenomenal tournament play uh, with Kevin Durant out. There's just no one on the Nets. You know who's it going to be? Jeff Green, I guess, checking Kristaps. So He's I, questionable I, too. Yeah. So I, I think even more so for Kristaps than than Luca that they don't have a body at all who can uh, guard Kristaps in this. Amazing, amazing game environment at really low ownership because he's going to be questionable the whole day. Awesome. And that side, man, uh, knowing that we don't have Durant, Jeff Green is questionable. Uh, what are you looking at over here? The, the big, who Besides the big two, because they're obviously always in play, uh, who else would you be taking stabs at over here? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I again, if we didn't have probably, I think we've talked about five or six amazing stud plays where James Harden against you know this Dallas Mavericks defense that while they've really figured it out on the offensive end, uh, they've ranked twenty sixth in defensive rating over the last ten games. So there's there's still basically every game for them has been a real shootout, and Harden has really gotten comfortable. Uh, with, with the Nets, I think he's won. I don't. Was it Player of the Month or Player of the or Player of the Week? Something, something like that. Recently, and uh, I believe he had the the week. Player of the Week, yeah, um, yeah. I I think it's. I don't know. I I think all these guys are. I don't think there's really a wrong stud to build around today. I know that might be a little bit of a cop out, but I think Harden, Luca. Carl Anthony Towns, the Minnesota Washington game. Um, Jokic, I think, is a phenomenal play again. I think Embiid is a phenomenal play again. Like, there's there's just a lot of really good expensive plays on this slate. So I I think the big thing. This is a little more overview than than just Brooklyn. Sorry, but um, <laughs> it's f- f- figure out what value you really want to play. And then find it, figure out how your stars uh, plug into that. Um, I think that's a smart way to build on most nights anyway. But especially on this slate, figure, I think you really need to key in on what cheaper value plays you want before you go to what studs you can fit in. And back to Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> man, I... Just the ancillary guys are very similar to the Washington guys for me, where I'm I'm just not really sure where to go when Harden and Kyrie are on the floor. There's just not um, even when there's only two of them. There's just not a whole lot of usage to go around. Uh, Bruce Brown has been playing really well. Um, he's but he still hasn't gotten like the minutes expectation you would expect for a guy. You know they kind of need his profile of a. Wing, wing guard guard defender and 
Um, he's still kind of 20, 34, 25, 26 minutes in the last few games. And he's all the way up to 4,900. So I guess, but not not too, not overly thrilled about it. If And then the Jeff Green news, it's like, I think Wawu Cabrero would probably benefit the most from him. I think they would probably plug him in at the four if Green were to miss. But I don't know if you can really rely on that if we don't have the news before lock. Um, so you kind of have to plan your lineups around the four o'clock games. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely definitely going to be a tricky slate here. There's really good expensive plays and not a whole lot of quality value. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a different one here. Um, I, if Jeff doesn't play, guys like uh, Bruce Brown has been stepping up, but we don't know f- for a fact that he's not going to play, and this being the late game, we might not know the news in time. Uh, the good thing, though, is that this game starts at 8.30, so it's not the typical 10 o'clock, very, very late game. We might get that news in time, and, and that'll be something uh, that will be very beneficial for us uh, on both right. sides of the ball here. But, um, yeah, I think Harden can be in play in here, and so could Kyrie, uh, but we do have so much other value here. I don't know if I'll have too much exposure, though, that they're in play always with, especially without Durant there. They've just both have been playing great, and Harden has been playing out of his mind lately. Uh, him in yeah. particular, um, the last game he he didn't really he only had forty three fantasy points, but they won by almost forty actual points. So they didn't need him to to do what he's been doing before that. But the games before that, he's just been so so safe, and you know. What you're you're paying for that uh, awesome floor from him, so I don't mind going there. Kyrie Irving hasn't done as much um, as him, but he's been super super safe as well at that um, nearly two thousand dollar discount. So uh, don't mind going to either of those guys. I think you can look at Joe Harris whether Green plays or not. Don't love it, but especially if Green doesn't play, I think. Just more stuff flows to him. Um, without Green there, maybe you get a little bit of Claxton at 32. But I think there's so much value here that I don't know if I don't really want to attack uh, these lower end Brooklyn guys at the moment because we do have other value in other spots that are more that we can not not necessarily bank on, but we know that they're going to be the, the minutes are going to be there and the uh, the. Uh, less volatility because there's just so many other guys missing. But uh, if we do have full news, then things will change. And as always, that's why the the Discord makes so much sense because that's where, as news roll in, the hour up to lineup locks and all that stuff. The day the day of news comes in, we can see where uh, a lot of the value starting to come from, and that that's a, the the best thing and the most important thing about DFS outside of that. Um, early look and whatnot. Yeah, you said it, man. Um, the Discord has been, I think, the best resource by far that we've added this year. And there's only, we'll keep saying it every week, but there's only so much we can do on these, you know, the podcasts and you know the article that we have up in the morning because um, we can't we we can't react to the late news in real time. So. Um, I would recommend if you you know the the DFS pass you know thirty minutes an hour before before lock kind of get in the Discord and 
make sure you're, you're caught up on all the news and everything. All right, man. And before we head on out of here, is there anything else you want to add to that? Or uh, you think we hit everything we needed to do? Yeah, I, I think um, one thing maybe I'll mention just about my, my own DFS play is I've been kind of going through a little bit of a rough patch just in the last couple of weeks where getting a little unlucky with injuries and just kind of losing 2v2s and just been really, really frustrating overall. And I imported all my results, though, from this season and kind of took a look back at everything and saw, hey, I'm still at 7% ROI uh, for the year, even with this really disastrous stretch in February. Um, But that's about where you're going to be as a cash game player. Like you want to be in that, you know, 7 to 10% range. And that gave me a little more confidence back because it's, it's just like, hey, even though I'm going through, still going through, you know, some bad results and bad outcomes, I'm still positive for the season. I'm still playing really well overall. And you just got to, you got to take the long-term approach. You got to get out of the, the short-term mentality of, oh man, I've lost five games in a row, but Hey, how, how am I going to perform in the next, over the course of 150 slates? You know, the, the losing the five in a row doesn't really matter if you you focus on how you can perform over 100, 150 slates. Um, so just something I thought I would share just about my own personal DFS play and um, I think would be helpful for especially a lot of the, the newer players we have on the site who get discouraged if they go through a losing streak. It's like, hey, you know, keep your head up, keep playing well. You know, keep keep good roster building uh, principles and good bankroll principles, and um, you're gonna you're gonna end end up on top by the end of it. All right, man, awesome stuff there, and um, yeah, and give us uh, we'll we'll see you guys tomorrow, I believe. Uh, Chuck and Mike will be on here tomorrow. Uh, we Aaron will be in the Discord, and we'll be ready to help you guys uh, get on a winning streak, whether you're winning now or or not winning. Uh, But thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we will catch you again tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.